Hi, I'm Renee Colbert. And I'm Alexis Preston. And this is An Animal Saved My Life, a podcast about the incredible animals who change our lives forever. You might know us from our other podcast. We are extremely into dogs. It's very true. But this show isn't just about dogs. Well, there's going to be some dogs, right? Obviously, there's going to be some dogs. We're not going to do a show without dogs. But you will also be hearing stories from all over the world about all kinds of amazing animals. So there's going to be something for cat people, bird people, even octopus people this season. <gasps> Finally, something for the octopus people. Alexis, <laughs> <laughs> today I have an incredible, just almost like unbelievable story about a woman and a whale. <gasps> Ooh, you ready? Yeah. Was that a Alexis ooh or a whale ooh? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes it was, both. So the woman, her name is Nan Hauser. Huh? She's truly amazing. She's a scientist slash mermaid, I think <laughs> maybe. I haven't looked at her business card. I can't tell you for certain. That's probably what's on it. And from what I can tell, Nan has been in love with whales for a long time. So I asked her how all this started. You know, Nan, when we first started chatting, I tried to tell you that you are my hero and you wouldn't have it. You wouldn't have any of it. You were like, no, it's it's the whales. They're the heroes. And so I'm curious, like all the way back to when you were a kiddo, when did you fall in love with animals? Well, I grew up with a very nature-oriented family. So um, we spent a lot of time in Bermuda and the whales would pass by there and I even have pictures of me when I was a tiny little kid standing on the, the coral, pointing with my mouth wide open at the blow of a whale. I was so intrigued by them, and I would fall asleep at night thinking about them, and what I really wanted to know is, what are they doing? What are they doing underwater? Because we see them so briefly at the surface. Right. They spend 95% of their, their life underwater. Uh, yeah, the curiosity has always stayed with me, even today. Nan chased that childhood curiosity and became a marine biologist. She started working on a whale research vessel that traveled through Alaska, the Baja, and Costa Rica. She was home in Maine when she got a phone call that would change her life. I got this phone call from Roger Payne, who everyone knows sort of as the grandfather of whale research. And he said, we'd like to send you out to a little tiny atoll called Palmerston Atoll in the South Pacific. We hear there's an unknown population of humpback whales there. And I said, what are you kidding me? No way. I can't do that. And, and I hung up the phone and I got out the atlas and I looked at it and and there were about 36 people living on this half a mile long little atoll. And I'd worked with humpbacks a little bit and thought they were pretty cool animals. And it kept eating away at me. And I called him back a few hours later and said, okay, I'll do it. The trick was they also said, you need to find your own way there. And so <laughs> there aren't any flights there and it's, kind of impossible to take a boat there unless you hitchhike on yachts passing through. So I did that. I 
got here and I literally started to get tears rolling down my cheeks and I looked at the person who I had just met I didn't even know who he was and I said I feel like I came home I, I feel like I'm home now that's how it all began it's been 20 years since Nan first showed up in the South Pacific since then she's been working round the clock field work is her favorite part it's the part we all picture when we think of marine biology it means getting in the boat with her team to observe the whales take photos collect samples some of the whales are curious and will come right up to the boat, and some will take off. Nan tries to go with the flow. She wants the whales to act naturally. I never, ever, ever get in the water unless I almost feel like there's an invitation. And you can tell whether a whale will allow you to get in the water or not. In many places around the world, it is against rules and regulations and the law to get into the water. But I do have a research permit that enables me to do that. But I'm still very careful. And a lot of times, I just won't. We just lean over the boat with the camera and can easily film and see what's going on. One day, Nan and her team were out on the boat. They were making a sequel to a film about Nan's life and research. Yeah, it was just an everyday normal film day and research day. And it was just a beautiful blue sky, nice semi-flat day. The weather was good. And the director said, hey, you know what we really need? We need more video of you underwater with whales. I was like, okay, no problem. I'll hear a couple whales. I'll just slide over. And so I did. I started swimming very slowly over to one of the whales. There were two. And he was very still. But then he saw me. And he lifted his head up and he came charging towards me. I mean, coming right towards me. And I put my arm out, not to pet him, but to stop him from actually hitting me. Because you can break bones and rupture organs and be dangerously hurt. And at that point, I'm thinking, okay, I can't push 50,000 pounds out of the way. He didn't stop, and the next thing I know, he's wiggling his head around, and I'm sitting on his head. And I'm really quite shocked at this point. And then he rolls over, and I'm sitting on his throat. Nan had a GoPro in her hand and was filming all of this, but that was the last thing on her mind. I realized that I was in pretty big trouble when he wouldn't let me go. You know the size of these animals. They're 50,000 pounds. You're about one one-thousandth the size of them. So his head was so big that he just kept putting it under me and under me and under me and moving it and moving it and moving it and nudging and nudging and nudging. But it wasn't just like nudging to push. It was nudging to lift, to slide. He was controlling my movements, not me. And so this huge body was just, it was almost like an earthquake or something. I was slipping and sliding and trying not to get underneath his pectoral fin because then I wouldn't be able to breathe. And I had a snorkel and mask on, that's all I had. So 
all you had was a snorkel. It wasn't scuba diving. It was just a snorkel. It was a snorkel and mask. That was it. The only thing that I thought about was don't get pinned under the pectoral fin because that's what they do. They hide seals and other animals under their pectoral fin from killer whales and sharks and dangerous situations. Right. That's what they do. Now, I have a confession to make that I don't always tell people. I have epilepsy. Oh, wow. And in stressful situations, of course, you know, people have seizures. And so (laughs) I'm really not supposed to go underwater because I had brain surgery about a year before. I think that was on my mind more than the whale hurting me. I was thinking more about, oh, gosh, I'm going to have a seizure. During the chaos of being pushed and pulled and turned around in the water, Nan, ever the scientist, was still making detailed observations. The humpback had an old barnacle scar on its head. It was in the shape of the number 19. And she noticed something else. After I was slid down his back, I noticed that he did have some shark bites, uh, rake marks from a shark down towards his tail, which was interesting. And I also noticed that he had two big notches on his tail, one on each side. I've been with so many animals all my life, and especially humpbacks, I don't think they would ever hurt you. But it went on for 10 and a half minutes of this whale not letting me get away from him or off of him. I was just thinking, what is going on? And... uh, I had a lot of fear, but I thought I seriously thought, okay, if I if I die doing this, I I die doing what I love, and I kind of always thought I would die with a whale anyway. But then I started thinking about my grandchildren, and I was like, no, I can't give in. But he just kept pushing me towards the boat, so I thought maybe he's just curious, maybe he's never seen seen a human before doesn't know what I am but then I'd look at his eye again and he wanted to make that eye contact and the way he was looking at me I knew that's when I knew his eye was so wide open and he had the look of terror in his eye the look of hey come on you dumb creature whatever you are pay attention and get under my pectoral fin now Then the whale actually lifted Nan right up out of the water with his pectoral fin. That was, that was it. That was like the most strange dream you could ever have. Or nightmare, I guess people would say. So he lifts me up out of the water and that's when I was looking and the boat was pretty far away and I was yelling to them, can somebody help me? Can somebody please come and help me? And, and you know, then at that moment, the pectoral fin went back down. I was back underwater again. After the break, we'll find out what happens next. Nan was in a time warp. Minutes felt like hours. At one point, she was able to push herself away from the whale. For the first time, she could look up. And that's when she thought she saw another whale coming towards her. It was so big. And then I saw the tail 
going side to side as it was coming right for me instead of going up and down. And it had its pec fins down. And I quickly, quickly realized that it was a tiger shark. After eight tense minutes of struggling to understand why the humpback whale was pushing her through the water, Nan finally got it. The biggest tiger shark she had ever seen was coming straight towards her. When they come towards you fast, the one thing that you definitely always look at is, are they arching their body? And yes, he was arching his body. And do they have their pectoral fins pointed down? And yes, they were pointed down. And that's why I was pretty alarmed at that point. This was the biggest, healthiest tiger shark I've ever seen anywhere. He kept coming towards me and he was coming fast. And that's when I stuck my head up above the water and screamed to the boat. At the same time, Nan saw another animal right next to the tiger shark. It was another humpback whale. She was tail slapping and she would bring her entire tail out of the water and slap it down on the water as hard as she could and lift it up and slap it down, lift it up and slap it down again. Humpback whales tail slap for different reasons, to get attention, to signal warning, and also to get other whales away from them. This humpback whale was tail slapping at the shark. And so that last minute and a half with the shark was was pretty crazy, because that, at that point I was just like, okay, get in the boat now. Kick hard and swim over as quickly as you can and get out of the water. And at the same time, the um, the whale that had been pushing me curved around, put me right on his head, pushed me right towards the boat the rest of the way. The whale was intent on, on getting me back to the boat. And then as I swam to get on the back of the boat, he kind of curved his body around just to make sure I got up on the boat okay. Tiger shark up there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Go, go. Go come in the boat. Big tiger shark. Um, man. Yeah, the way. <laughs> I, I was so shocked that I literally was laughing. I mean, I, I was inappropriately laughing, and everyone on the boat was throwing me towels and just hugging me and holding me and. And uh, they were speechless, um, yeah. And that's when I, I look at the whale and I say, I love you, I do, I love you. And it's kind of like you're overwhelmed with a sense of complete unconditional love. And, and after I put my hands over my eyes and just started to sob, I started to cry and when I look at myself on film, I, I start to feel those emotions again. I, I feel scared and I feel grateful. I feel excited. I, I, I guess I feel every emotion possible. No one, no one could believe it. And if someone told me the story, I'd have a really hard time believing them. So after this encounter, I was totally blown away, but little did I know that there were two more encounters to come. 
with these whales. After the break, we'll find out what happens next. And first, Nan, this is so incredible. I'm so, I just, my oh. jaw, uh, I'm like, why is my mouth so dry? Because it's been open this whole time. <laughs> just <laughs> astonished with you. I know the feeling. <laughs> Four days after Nan's encounter with the humpbacks, which happens to be Nan's birthday, Nan and her team are out on the water again. A humpback comes right up to the boat. It's the same whale that was tail slapping the shark. I say, I'm sorry, but I need to get in the water. And I slip on a wet skin and slip over. And I look down and in the blue, in the deep, deep, beautiful blue with the light prisms going down from the sun, I see her coming up towards me. And she's coming up and coming up and coming up straight. And she's got her pec fins stretched out. And she comes straight up and she has me in the middle and I am so close to her that I'm between her pec fins and if I reached out, I could just touch her, her chest. And I'm freaking out. I'm crying in my mask because she literally puts her pec fin against me and she rolled around and I could see her two eyes looking at me and she stayed like that and then she turned back again and she took her pectoral fin and she put it right against my hand. In all her years spent researching whales, Nan had never experienced anything like this. She didn't think she'd ever see these whales again. Humpbacks almost never come back to the same place each year, especially off of Rarotonga. But one year later, Nan was out on her boat doing research as usual when she spotted a humpback with two notches on its tail. Nan sent a research assistant into the water but the whale completely ignored them. And then the whale came over to the boat and he looked at me. He looked right at me. He, he kind of put his head to the side and he looked at me and I'm talking right next to the boat. And I saw that scar that looked like the, the number 19. And I literally screamed. I screamed, he's back. I cannot believe he's back. What is he doing here? He's back. My old friend. I mean, I just couldn't stop. And, he, and then he went around the back of the boat and he went down. So I got in the water. It's like, oh, we're going to have a reunion. And I mean, imagine, seriously, in 20 plus years, I'd only had two whales come back and this was the third one. So for him to come back was very, very special. So I slipped in the water and we approached each other and it was like, two old friends greeting each other. I rubbed his face and he nudged me gently. And so I slid down and I just hugged his body, which is impossible, <laughs> it's too big. And then I laid down on his pec fin, he put it right under me. I just laid, he kept it right at the surface of the water and I just laid there and hugged him. And, um, then we swam together back to the boat and I sat on the back of the boat. My feet were in the water and he just laid there for about 20 minutes staring at me, just laid there. It seems that he recognized me and we were very affectionate with each other and spent some quality time together. Sort of, it was like a puppy dog, you know, jumping 
and saying, hi, you're back. <laughs> so after sitting at the back of the boat with him, I said what I had told him before, and that was, thank you, I love you, and I hope I see you again, and stay safe. Please stay safe with all those long lines and nets and all the dangers out there. Then we went in. Man, that's so incredible. And I would imagine it is challenging to sort of report this back to your scientist friends because you guys are so centered on research. But do you have like a scientist or two that you can kind of pull aside and whisper and be like, but there's no way to explain that except for a hug, right? Like scientifically, I just got a hug. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really shared that. This is one of the first times I've shared it. I haven't shared it. Well, but I can also imagine in your research, like you can go in thinking one thing and then you observe something and you're like, oh, that changed my thinking on this. You know, the people that were there know that this is something really special and is evidence that maybe we're not anthropomorphizing them. Maybe maybe this is what whales do. Yeah, I know Uh, it is what whales do. And that's that's what is so amazing about these animals that they stayed there to protect me. And it's kind of like they have somehow this consciousness of improving the welfare of others by acting to help others in distress. Right. And some humans have that too. You've seen it. Some people run away and others risk their lives and sometimes die to save someone else. That's the thing that is most remarkable about this. I think most humans do run away. It takes a very special human to stay, and clearly it takes a very special whale to stay. Yeah. And so, you know, this whole altruistic thing comes out of uh, humpbacks uh, being good Samaritans. I now wonder even more what goes on in their brain do they think like we do and yes i think they do they have emotions and and they have fear and they have a consciousness it's like they know something that that we don't know and when a whale looks you in the eye you kind of ask yourself what your purpose is ever since this situation it just accentuated um, my deeper respect and and mission and um, passion to protect these animals. I am humbled by them, and I will continue to do everything I can my power to help protect them. That was Nan Hauser talking to us from her research center in the South Pacific. Nan is the president of the Center for Cetacean Research and Conservation and the director of Cook Islands Whale Research. Today's episode was produced by Nora Canidas Boydell. Nick Farrago is our managing producer. Story editing by Evan Roberts. Our sound mixer is John Ross. And those underwater sounds you heard were actual recordings by Nan Hauser. I'm Renee Colvert. I'm Alexis Preston. And you've been listening to An Animal Saved My Life. 
Join us next week for another incredible animal story.